discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. He says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boateng as Christ is magnified in you. Thank you for your precious Holy Spirit. Thank you for the power of your word. Thank you that your word comes to transform, transfigure, change our hearts. Thank you that we live inspired by your precious Holy Spirit. Thank you for grace beyond measure for every single one of us. Thank you, Lord. We give you glory, we give you praise. Even in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Hallelujah. I'm sharing concerning now that you are born again. Now that you are born again. What next? Now that you're born again. Okay, so I'm going to take you through a series of teachings for the next one month. I'll finish in October, ending of October, to aid you. And I'm believing God that by the time we are done, you'd have a good knowledge or good information. Not just information, but... Um, revelation for your spirit that will help you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. If you read in Romans chapter 5 verse 8, it's been mentioned today. It says, for while we were yet sinners, hmm? but God commended his love towards us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died. God commended his love. This is the love of God. This is the love of God. Who would love somebody who is not nice, who doesn't look nice? But that was how we were before we became born again. You know. But Jesus came. Jesus is God's love, is the expression of God's love. The Bible says that for God so loved the world, that is why he gave his only begotten son. His love for the world is what pushed him to give his son. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. For God commended his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died. Christ died. In that while we were yet sinners, Christ died. Not when we were good people, when we were bad people, when we were wrong and not correct. That was when God commended or extended his love towards us. So now that you're in, now that you're a child of God, what do you think his love is for you? How do you think his love for you is going to be like? Hallelujah. Never forget who Jesus is in your life. Okay? Never forget who Jesus is in your life. Jesus is the expression of God's love for you. Jesus is the expression of God's love for you. God loves you. That's why he gave you his son. So that you can come to him. Hallelujah. So never, whenever you are in church and we ask you to... Lift up holy hands. Remember, there's someone has someone suffered, someone died, so that you can you can exist, so that you can be here. If he had not died, you wouldn't be here. You'd be on your your way to hell by now. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But because of his suffering, because of his death, you, you can be a child of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's one of my favorite scriptures. But God commended his love towards us. In that while we were yet sinners. While we were yet sinners. Christ died for us. Go to verse 6. Look at verse 6. For when we were yet without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Christ died for the ungodly. So God gave his son for people who were not good, ungodly people. Ungodly people. That is why you should never reject God's love. Okay? That is why you should never reject Jesus. If you are here and you have not given your life to Christ, you have to give your life to Christ. You have to. You have to. It's a must. You see, because you are actually rejecting God's love for you. You know you are bad. God knows you are bad. We all know you are bad. The devil knows that you are bad. We are all aware. We know already. We know. Isn't it? Uh-huh. That is why Jesus has come. So that you can come close to God. So that you can become a child of God. You see, so that they receive Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior. That day you may not see any physical change in your system. You may not, if your hair was, you had sweat. How many of you know sweat? I don't know, it, it seems it's not existing anymore. We don't call it sweat now. How do we call it now? Dankat, here dankat, here dankat. Right now, the, bowed, the guys who are bowed, you know, they do... How, how, do, how is it called? No, 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 it's not fading. This Sakura, like Sakura. And olive beard. If you are, the day you become born again, your hair does not grow longer. You don't develop, you don't grow beard. I can see you want beard, but it will never grow. Because you are born again. It's not, nothing like that happens to you. Because the born again, the born again experience happens to your spirit. You see. The real you. Is not this one who is looking at me. The real you is spirit. You must understand that. Okay? The real you. You are more than body. You are more than flesh. You are more than blood. You are more than a mind. You are more than a mind. <laughs> you are more than a body. You are first of all and primarily a spirit being. That is what you are. You are a spirit. See, I'm a spirit. I'm a spirit. I, have a soul, I have a soul. And I live in a body. Say it again. I'm a spirit. I'm a spirit. I, have a soul, I have a soul. And I live in a body. So your body is just an encasing. The lady who came to dance, uh, the choreographer, she came with a perfume, isn't it? There was a box. Then there was a container that contained the perfume. But you don't buy the perfume because of the box or the container. You buy the perfume because of the content. What is the actual thing? So the box is not the thing. The box may be nice, but it may smell like something else. It may smell very bad. Have you ever bought spray that was not good at all? Abochi. You know, abochi type of spray. When you spray it and the person is moving, you, you, they spray it and they are moving, you realize actually somebody has just come to pass. Hallelujah. Yeah, you bought it at to do. <laughs> the container may be nice, but the content may be terrible. That is how people are. People are actually spirit beings. 
You see, we are spirit beings, we have souls, and we're living bodies. Look at Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the message of God. Now, look at the tenses very well. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the message of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. So, who is he talking to, to present your body? Are you getting it? Who is he talking to? Who is he referring to? Who is the you referring to? I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the message of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Look at the next verse. And be not conformed to this word, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Who should renew your mind? I thought we were minds. I thought we were bodies. How come it's referring to, it's like it's referring to another person to present the body and to renew the mind? So he's actually referring to your spirit. There's a spirit in man. Job chapter 32. There's a spirit in man. And the inspiration of the Lord giveth him what? Understanding. Job chapter 32 verse 8. There's a spirit in man. Say there's a spirit in man. man. Say it again. There's a spirit in man. Look at Job, Job chapter, chapter 32, verse 1, verse 8. Job 32, 8. But there is a spirit in man. There is a spirit in man. Say there is a spirit in man. He says, and the inspiration of the Almighty giveth them understanding. There is a spirit in man. You see, as a preacher, I've been called to train people's spirits. Trainers are, are, are given to train our bodies. To develop our bodies, to develop our muscles. We, in fact, we train our bodies from the day we are born. A child must exercise, you know, and exercise his senses and all that to be able to know how to see well, to focus well, to talk well, to hear well, to eat well and touch and feel and all those things. All those things are bodily related. Then our souls, our minds are also trained in school. Education is for the purpose of training the mind. Our teachers and our lecturers are for, are for that purpose. You see, but then there are people who are designated to train your spirits. Hallelujah. Those are preachers, those are pastors and teachers and, 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 and apostles and prophets, and those they are they are trained, they are there to train your spirit, which is the real you. Do you see how many years doctors have to go to school to be able to take care of a human body? Your spirit is so important, it's more important than your body. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's a spirit man. Say there's a spirit in man. Say it again. There's a spirit in man. Look at First Peter chapter one, chapter three. First Peter chapter three. I'm just trying to show you the fact that there's something that is hidden in you. The real you is actually hidden inside. You may not know it. You may think you are just a body moving. You're just a mind. You're just thinking. You can think. You can do all that. So you are okay. There's more than that. Okay. First Peter chapter three. Let's read from verse four. First Peter three from verse four. I hope you are writing the scriptures I'm giving to you. And I hope you are writing something by it. Okay. First Peter chapter 3, verse 4. He says, but let it be the hidden man of the heart. He was talking to the ladies. He says, let's go to, go to verse 3 so that we see what he was talking about. Go to verse 2. Verse 1. Let's go to verse 1. Likewise, ye wives. Ask your neighbor, are you a wife? <laughs> 
Likewise, ye wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also, so that they may also without the word be won by the conversation of the wives. Then he says, while they behold your chaste conversation and your chaste lifestyle, coupled with fear, then he says, whose adorning or whose outward look, let it not be the outward adorning of plating the hair. He's not saying don't plait your hair. He's not saying the only way to share. That's not what he's saying. You can plait your hair and be happy. But it's, what he's trying to say is that, listen, don't let your whole life be about your hairstyle. You understand? There are some ladies whose beauty is only in their hair. And their beauty is only in their makeup. If they wipe their makeup away, we will see the real you. Almost everything is fake. The bottoms are fake. The hips are fake. The eyebrows are fake. The eyelashes are fake. Even the teeth are fake. Why? Only your ears are correct. Only your ears. Only your ears. He says, let your adorning not be only the outward adorning of plating the hair and of wearing of gold or of putting on of apparel. You know, you are, all your interest is in wearing the nicest dress in the world. You know, looking hot, looking sexy, looking romantic, looking something. It's powerful, it's good. There's nothing wrong with it. I believe in looking nice. You have to look nice. We have some of the prettiest ladies in this church. It's powerful, we like it. We love it. Hallelujah. No guy wants to marry a hoodious person. We all want to we like nice. Don't you like that guys? Don't you like nice things? Say the truth and shame the devil. We like it. But God is saying that don't let your whole life as a lady be centered on looking nice outwardly. Your character may be smelly like momone. Mormon. Very bad. But let it be the hidden man. Your beauty, your adorning. Adorn, learn to adorn your spirit. Let it be the, uh, the hidden man of the heart. In that which is not corruptible. Even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit. Which is in the sight of God of great price. The hidden man of the heart. Your spirit man is also called the hidden man of the heart. Your, your, your spirit man is hidden. He's inside. He's inside. He's encased in your body. But he's there. That's the real you. He says, don't let your beauty only be on the outward, but let your beauty begin from your spirit. Learn to beautify your spirit. Learn to adorn your spirit. Learn to put proper plating of hair on your spirit. Learn to put gold on your spirit. Learn to put proper apparel on your spirit. That's what he's talking about. Because your spirit man is the first. There are ladies who want to charm their husbands. Or charm guys. This is your charm. Look at the amplified. Amplified verse. I'm giving you a secret to beauty. If you follow it, you'll be very beautiful. Have you noticed that in most, most of the cases, that, uh, most cases, it is not the prettiest girls in the class who marry first. Have you noticed it? Maybe you have not yet, you are, you are yet to get married. Your classmates are yet to get married. But most of the people who marry very fast, they, they don't look nice like that, physically speaking. But they have correct spirits. Meek, quiet spirits. Yeah. Their spirits are adorned. They are nice people. They, are, they have correct character. Yeah, you can, you can talk to them. They can submit. When you say jump, they will ask you how high. They will not ask you why, 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 why should I, why, 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 why. 
they'll not ask you those things. They'll just ask you, how high do you want me to jump? Yeah. But let it be the inward adorning and beauty of the hidden person of the heart. With the incorruptible and unfading charm. Have you seen it? An unfading, this is unfading charm. You can go for charms, but it will fade. One, one, one man, after 32 years of marriage, was sitting in front of his house, and then all of a sudden, he came to himself and looked on his left and saw a certain woman there. He asked her, who, who are you? That was actually the wife for 32 years. 32 years. He looked at him, what are you, who are you? What are you doing here? He said, I'm your wife. Which wife? I, I don't know you. The man had not gone bonkers. The charm that the woman used to marry the man had been weed upon. Someone had weed on it and it had expired that day and everything just went off. No matter the charm you used to marry or you used to charm the guy, it will fade. It will go away. But this particular one, your spirit man, being concerned about your spirit man and working on your spirit man is more important. It can make your life go very well. More than any other thing that you can think about. Let it be the hidden man of the heart. So there's a hidden man. Say there's a hidden man. Say I'm a spirit being. It's very important. So the born again experience actually happens to the spirit man. That is why you don't see any physical changes. You don't become fairer if you were darker. If you were dark before. If if we're becoming fairer, a lot of people get born again, 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 again. Yeah. It's almost as though the fairer you are, the more closer you are to America. <laughs> is it not true? The closer you are to prosperity. Is it true? Yeah. It's like if you are dark, you have to do something about it. Those who are dark, don't worry, we, we like you all the same. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Yes, yeah, spirit being. You see, and your spirit is as real as you can, as anything that you can think about. Your spirit is too real. Let me give you a story in Luke chapter 16 to help you. Luke chapter 16 from verse 19. To help you understand how real your spirit is. You may live, people live a whole life, 80 years, without knowing that they have a spirit. They are spirits. They think, only, they think that they are just bodies and minds. And they focus on their bodies and their minds. How many of you know this story? The story concerning the rich man and Lazarus. Now, it is not a parable. A lot of people think that this particular thing is a parable. The Bible didn't begin it with another parable speak here and said. No, this was Jesus talking. Jesus didn't say it was a parable. It was a real story. The rich man was known by the people he was talking to. Lazarus was also known by the people he was talking to. Everybody knew them. So this is a true story. It's not a fairy tale. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine lining. Meaning that he was very rich. Purple is a sign of prosperity. Fine lining. And fed sumptuously every day. He was eating in a sumptuous, I mean sumptuous type of meals. Yeah. Solomon had 1,000 bulls killed every day for his dinner. Yeah. Dinner was 1,000 bulls. His His dinner table was longer than this church. His dinner table was longer than this church. Very long. About four times this church. With plenty of people sitting around. Everybody's eating. Very big man. This man was also very big. He fed sumptuously every day. And of a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate, full of sores, and desiring to be fed with the crumbs, which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked the sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died 
and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. Now, the beggar was not carried into heaven because he was, he was poor. Most of our forebears read this and thought that Christianity had to be linked to poverty. No, 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 no. no. The beggar, even though he was a beggar, had, was righteous. He had a righteous heart. Okay? He was a righteous man. That was why he ended, a righteous man can be poor. Yeah. If he doesn't know about the principle of prosperity. Okay? There are a lot of Christians who are poor, isn't it? Yeah. But they are Christians. They believe in God. The rich man also didn't go to heaven because he was rich. He didn't go to hell because he was rich. He went to hell because he was not righteous. What takes a man to hell or to heaven before Jesus came was the ability to follow what God had called them to follow. That's another topic for another day. I won't talk about it too much. So it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. He was buried. When you bury somebody, what part of the person do you bury? Hello? You bury the body, isn't it? The rich man was buried, so his body was on this earth, buried. Look at the rest. And in hell, he lifts up his eyes, so he had eyes in hell. Meaning that your spirit man has eyes. His body with the physical eyes was here on earth, buried. But his spirit and his soul was in hell. Still with physical eyes. So your spirit man has eyes. And if he, he, in hell he lifts up his eyes, being in torment. And seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. So he could see. He could feel. He was in torment. He was being tormented. He could feel it. He had feelings in hell. Feelings. So your spirit man also has feelings. Yes. I don't know what you are thinking about, but whatever it is. And he cried so he could talk. The spirit could talk. He cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. He had emotions. And send Lazarus that he may dip the, finger of his, his, the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. He had a tongue. He could feel testy. He had feelings. He had senses. The spirit man has also, also has his own senses. Hallelujah. Next verse. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he's comforted, and thou art tormented. And beside all this, between us and you is a great God fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot. Neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. We, we can't cross. It's a big gulf. At this time, paradise was still, or Abraham's was only was still in the land of the dead. Right now, it has been relocated to heaven. Hallelujah. That's also another subject for another day. It gets messages, you know. Yeah. Then he said, I pray thee, therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. He had remembrance. He knew, he remembered that he had a, he had a father and he had a house and he had brothers. Look at it. Look at for I have five brothers that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. He could remember. So in your, your spirit man has remembrance. He, he can remember. He can store things. He can store information. Are you seeing what I'm talking about? It's a very serious thing. So don't think that you are just a body. You are more than a body. You are way more than a body. And the day you become born again, it is the spirit man that is recreated. The born again experience happens to the spirit man. It happens to the spirit man. You may not feel any change. You may not feel anything, but it doesn't mean that it is not true. It is true. You have become a new creature. Hallelujah. 
the born again experience makes you a new creation. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, or if any man has received Christ Jesus as his Lord and Savior, he is. There's no ambiguity about it. He is a new creature. He's a new creature, not a refurbished creature. Not a reformed creature. Not a renovated creature. Do you know reformed, refurbished, and renovated? Or renewed, or remodeled? Eh? Something that was existent already that had, has gone into decay and is brought back into life or brought back into its original state. That's not what happens to your, new, your, your spirit man when you become born again. A new spirit altogether is given to you. So your, your spirit man is changed. All these things are things you can't feel. But the fact that you can't feel them does not mean that it's not true. What God's word says is true. He says, let God be true and let all men be liars. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let God be true and what? All men be liars. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is. Say he is. He is. Say it again. He is. He is. A new creature. A new creature. A new, this, this is a new, a new creature that has never existed before. Hallelujah. It means that yesterday I led some people to Christ here. Three people gave their lives to Christ yesterday during the program. Those people who came here and the people who went back are not the same. They didn't change. Their shirts didn't change. Their faces didn't change. But something happened to them. It's, it's spiritual. And spiritual things are so spiritual that you, can, you cannot see. You cannot... You, can, you, you may not see it. There was a day Jacob, you know, had an encounter with God. He was on his way to his uncle's house. And he fell asleep on a rock somewhere. And whilst he was sleeping, something very spiritual was happening. Angels were climbing up and down a ladder. A ladder from heaven had come to, come, and, to come to that place where his head was lying. And the angels were climbing up and going and coming and coming, going like that. He saw it in a dream. So he woke up. When he woke up, he said that God has been here, and I knew it not. It was a spiritual thing. It's, it's not physical. So spiritual things are such that you can easily ignore them. You can easily not see them. I understand what I'm talking about. You can easily not see them. For instance, in John chapter 1, verse 11, the Bible says that Jesus came to his own, but his own received him not. This is Jesus, the one who created heaven and earth and created the people who were walking around. They couldn't recognize him. Why? Because he came spiritually. And he came physically. They could only see the physical aspect. But the spiritual aspect, they couldn't, see, they couldn't understand. He came on his own, but his own received him not. They could not receive him. They could not understand him because it was... They were expecting something beyond the physical. Do you understand? Something dramatic. But it didn't happen like that. Spiritual things are not dramatic as you'd want it to be. They are normally normal and... Just like that. So you may easily ignore it. If any man be in Christ. He's a new creation. Then he says, all things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And all these new things are of God. They are new things in your life. You are not ordinary. Say, I'm not ordinary. Listen, even if you don't feel it, you are still not ordinary. Let me show you something in the Bible. Can I show you something in the Bible? Are you sure you want me to show it to you? Go to John chapter 1 verse 1. John 1 1. In the beginning was the word. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. 
So the word of God is God, isn't it? Yeah. Look at the next verse. The same was in the beginning with God. The word was in, begin- in the beginning with God because the word is God. Next verse. All things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. The word of God is life and light. That light he's the light of men. He's what lights up men. If you go down, he says that that light lighted every man that cometh into this world. That light lights every man that comes into this world. In other words, no, you see, for man to be able to have understanding and to be able to use his hands and use his legs and be able to talk, be efficient and all those, be able to think and develop things, become ad- advanced, become civilized, and all, that is light. Without light, you can't define anything. Nothing can be defined. Nothing can exist. Nothing can work. Do you understand? When there's no light, nothing can happen. Nothing, nothing can, you can't grow. Nothing can grow. You need light for growth. Both for plants and for man. Okay? He says that the word of God is the light of men that lights up every man that comes into this world. So, it is the word of God that makes man have wisdom and have mind to be able to do the things that he does. Are you seeing it? Hmm. They may not know it, but that's the truth. How do we come into existence? How does man come into existence? A, a man, a woman have relationship, sexual relationship, a child is produced. Now, who set that emotion? Who is the man who set that emotion? Why is it that when they mate, they don't produce yam? Ah, in Nigeria, you can have yam coming. You, someone can be pregnant with yam. The person gives birth and it is yam that has come out. Haven't you heard some before? John, is it not true? It's true. Why, why am I Nigerian friend? Charlie, am I, am I telling lies? I'm not telling It's the truth. You could have someone giving birth to a yam. Yes. But the natural thing is that you give birth to a human being. Who said that emotion? It was God. When God said, let us make man after our own image, after our own likeness. Let them multiply upon the earth. When God said, let them multiply upon the earth, that word that he released is what has lighted man up to be able to give birth. So that scripture says, that was a true light which lighted every man that cometh into the world. Without that light, no, we can't exist. But man does not know it. There are people who don't know it. The fact that they don't know it does not mean that it's not real. It's true. It's there. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Look at verse 14. John 1, 14. And the word was made flesh. You see, the word was made. It actually became. The Greek is became. So, and the word became flesh. The word, the word of God that is God, without which nothing is made, that was made, became flesh. It put on flesh. And the name of that flesh was Jesus. Go to, let me show you a scripture. Go to 1 Timothy 3.16. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. God was manifest in the flesh. And he was called Jesus. The word of God is God. When he put on flesh, Jesus did not exist in heaven before he came. It was the word of God that existed in heaven. There was nobody in heaven called Jesus. I'll prove it to you right now. There was nobody in heaven called Jesus. There was the word of God. There was God the Father, the Word, the Spirit. The day the word of God put on flesh, that day he was called Jesus. And Jesus, Jesus is the same as Joshua. It's actually Joshua. I mean Savior. 
Are you here? He says, and with that country, grace is a mystery of godliness. God was made manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit. Then he says, seen of angels. Why is he seen of angels? Because angels had never seen the word of God physically with their eyes. They had never seen it. That is why, listen, that is why the day Jesus was born in a manger, there were angels that were rejoiced. All the angels came down to come and see God. They had never seen God before. Never. The day they saw God was the day he was born in that manger. That was why he was seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. Are you seeing it? Yeah. They had never seen him before. They, they, couldn't, they were so excited. They were like, why, why are men quiet? So they went to some shepherds. Charlie, there's something significant happening today. Come and come and have a look at it. The savior of all men, God, has been born in, the, in, the, in flesh. The word of God became flesh. The word of God put on flesh. But they didn't know him. They didn't know him. Even Jesus had arguments with his brothers. This is God. This is the word of God. Moving around. This is God moving around in flesh. His brothers had arguments with him. They had arguments. In John chapter 7, there were arguments. John chapter 7 from verse 1. Let's look at it. Let's show you. Let me show you some of the arguments that Jesus had with his brothers. If you, had, if you have brothers who are having arguments with you, don't worry. You tell them I know who I am and they tell you who are you. <laughs> tell them I'm a new creation. They say... Come on for that. We know you. Come on for that. It, it's, it's not new. It's something that happened. After this, and Jesus walked in Galilee. For he would not walk in Jewry because the Jews sought to kill him. Next verse. Now the Jews' feast of tabernacles was at hand. They were coming to have a, a feast of tabernacles. His brethren, Jesus' brothers, therefore said unto him, Depart hence, go. And go into Judea, that your disciples also may see the works that you, you are doing. Why are you staying here? Go, go. Because they didn't believe in him. The Bible says they didn't believe in him. Go to the next verse. For there is no man that doeth anything in secret, and he himself seeketh to be known openly. If you do these things, show thyself to the world. You say you are something, show yourself to the world. Yeah, one of his brothers was called Judas. Jesus had a brother called Judah. Judah is the same as Judas, actually. Okay? I'm not talking about Judas Iscariot. That's the only one you know. There's more. Preach it. The Bible says, for neither did his brethren believe in him because they knew him. They, they, they were washing together in the same house. They'll be washing their clothes together. They'll be playing soccer together. They were into carpentry together. They were into pillolo together. They were rolling ties together. They were eating shawarma together. They were drinking juice together. They were, they were eating fufu and abenquine all together. All of a sudden, Jesus is saying that he is the son of God. And he is God manifest in the flesh. I mean, what are you talking about? What are you saying? What are you talking? Yeah. They couldn't believe. It was not possible to believe because they knew him. They knew him. The Jews could not. Listen, the day they were coming to arrest Jesus, it took a kiss for Judas to betray him and reveal him to everybody. To reveal him to the, to the, because he looked like every other person. He looked normal. He looked ordinary. You see, you look ordinary. There was no light on Jesus to tell that this is the Son of God. There was no light. There was nothing physical. Everything was normal. He was too normal. He was too normal. He was too ordinary, moving around like every other person, talking like every other person, relating like every other person, moving around like every other person. He was normal. He looked like them. He dressed like them. They were all dressed similar. So it took a kiss, a kiss, to to be able to tell who he was. Judas told them, the one you see me, Kissing is that he's the Jesus guy. Arrest him. Even his disciples could not believe that he was the Son of God. They didn't, they didn't believe. 
They were thinking about politics. Yeah, Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and we'll be fine. Jesus said, oh, Philip, have I been so long with you? And you have still not known me, oh, Philip. The one who has seen me has seen the Father. Uh, okay, we have heard. He looked normal. He looked normal. It took the resurrection of Christ. And are, even the resurrection of Christ still. It was the ascension of Christ. When they saw him ascending in Acts chapter 1 verse 9. Look at Acts chapter 1 verse 9. Acts 1 9. When they saw him standing right before them and levitating, he was just going, going, going. They were all looking at him like that. Ah, you know, be, you know, be our brother, this Charlie, come in, Jesus. You know, be our brother, this. Ah, when they saw him enter, the Bible look at it, it says, and when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, while they were watching him, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. Look at the next verse. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, this shows you what happened to them. They were looking like, ah, ah. The, the guy who was born by, by Mary in the manger, carpenter, I don't know. Is it the carpenter's son? Auntie Mary Bano. It took this for them to believe. This was what made them believe. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them. In white apparel. This was what made them believe. They couldn't they believe. His brothers were here. This was when they believed that their brother was actually not their brother. Their brother was more than their brother. Their brother was actually God in flesh. So when I tell you that you are a new creature and that you are born of God, you don't look it. Your brothers see you. You don't look different. You look normal. You are pooping, they are also pooping. You are wooing, they are also wooing. You are eating gobe, they are also eating gobe. You are doing, you are even failing in school, they are also failing in school. Everything is normal. You are the same. But there's a difference. There's a difference. There's a difference. Look at first John chapter 3 from verse 1. Behold, now this what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. You are son of God. Truly, you may not look it, you may not think it, you may not say it, you may not behave it, but you are. Yeah. Are we giving your life to Christ? Yeah. Then you are truly a child of God. He says, as many as received him, to them he gave the rights. John chapter 1 verse 12. As many as received him, have you received him? Yeah. Ask your neighbor, have you received him? But as many as received him, to them he gave, gave he power to become the sons of God. We have also become the sons of God. Like the word became flesh, we have also become the sons of God. Even to them that believe on his name. Have you believed on his name? Then I'm here to tell you that you're a child of God. You now belong to the family of God. You now belong to the household of God. God has father instincts towards you. Yeah, he has fatherly instincts towards you now. You are his very child. You are a love son, love daughter of a love God. God doesn't joke with you. That's why Paul wrote and said that God cares about you affectionately and watchfully. No, I'm a father. I don't joke with my son. No, I don't joke. I have fatherly instincts towards him. Yeah. I want, him to, I want him to grow. I want him to do well. I want everything to be fine with him. Whatever I have to do. I, was, I traveled. I heard that he was ill. I left everything I was doing and came back. Just for my son. I wouldn't have done that for any other person. I don't mind you. <laughs> but because 
he's a child that has come from my loins. I have fatherly instincts towards him naturally. The same way God has fatherly instincts towards you because you are now a child. And you have now been taken away from the family of Kojo Mensa to the family of God. You are now in the family of God. You may not look it. You may not believe it. That was how Jesus' life was. He didn't look it. He didn't believe it. Even the miracles didn't make them change his mind. Their mind about him. The miracles. Even the miracles. The signs. The works he did. Didn't make them change his mind. Their minds. Yeah. He multiplied bread for them. The following day they came to come and catch him to make him king. Become king so that you can give us more bread. They didn't think that he was God. What God for it. So when you go home and you say, of course we are telling you, I'm a child of God. We've been singing about it. We've been dancing about it. We've been doing everything about it. You go home and tell your brother, I'm a child of God. Kofi pa. But as many as received them, have you received them? As many as received them. We may not look it, but we are. I'm a child of God. I bear his nature. Listen, God gave birth to you. The born again experience is the birth, is the, is the birth of God. God giving birth to you himself. Look, he says, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right, the power to become the sons of God. Even children who are not born of flesh. We are not born of flesh. You may look like flesh, but you are not born of flesh. Which are born not of blood. You may, you may have blood walking right in your veins. But you are more than blood. You are more than blood. Which you are born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh. Nor of the will of man, but of God. We are born of God. We are born of God. Therefore, we belong to the family of God. You look ordinary, but that's the truth. Let God be true and let all men be liars, including yourself. Look at 1 John chapter 4, verse 4. 1 John chapter 4, verse 4. Ye are of God, little children. Ye are of God, little children. Ye are of God. The word of means to originate. We originate from God. We came out of God. That, that is the truth. You came out of God now. You have his nature. We have his nature. Because we are after him. How do you have the nature of a human being? Because a human being gave birth to you. How do you have the nature of God? Because God is the one who gave birth to you. The day you became born again, the nature of God supplanted the normal nature of, of man. Supplanted in your life. That's what happened. We are of God. He says, ye are of God, little children, and overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I'm of God. I hail from God. Yeah, I belong to the family of God now. Look at it. Philippians chapter 3. Philippians 3.20, right? Philippians 3.20. Let us know that we are citizens of heaven because our Father is in heaven. Therefore, we are citizens of heaven. Then Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, verse 14, right? Let us know that we are of the household of God. Look at, let's look at this one and then we'll go to that one. It says, but we are citizens of the states. Have you seen it? We are citizens of the state, of the commonwealth, the homeland, which is in heaven. And from heaven, also, we earnestly and patiently await the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Savior, as Messiah. We are in heaven. We hail from heaven. We are citizens of heaven. So you may be walking around. There was a day Jesus was talking to Nicodemus, and he told him, that, listen, if I've told you of things of earth, and you could not believe it, how much more when I tell you about things of heaven? Jesus said, no man has ever ascended up into heaven. Except the Son of Man, who was also in heaven. Jesus was sitting here on earth talking to Nicodemus. But he told him that he was living in heaven. 
I'm sure Nicodemus was looking at him like this. Hey, bro. We know you. We are here with you. You are where in which heaven? John 3.13. That's what it's written. It says, And no man has ever been to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man, which is which is in heaven. Jesus was sitting on a seat with Nicodemus at 3 a.m. It was night. It was dawn. Nicodemus didn't want anybody to come and see him. See that he's looking, he's looking for Jesus. So he went at dawn. 3 a.m. He said, listen, I'm in heaven. <laughs> I'm sure he's like, ah, ha, 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 ha. I believe, I believe. <laughs> I believe. It was those who listened long enough. It was those who listened to Jesus long enough who started believing that what he was saying was actually true. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But we are citizens of the states. The common, commonwealth, homeland, which is in heaven. See, I'm from heaven. In fact, the word born again is from the Greek word genao anoden. Okay? Genao is born. Anoden is from above or from heaven. So the, born, the word born again actually means to be born from heaven or to be born from above. So if you're a child of God, you are now born from heaven. You may not even believe it, but that's the truth. The day you start believing it, will start becoming a reality. Now that you are born again. What next? Now that you are born again. Look at Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians 2.19. It says, Now therefore, you are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints. Are you seeing it? The other one said we are, we are citizens of heaven, isn't it? This one is also saying to you that you are a fellow citizen of the saints, with the saints. And you are of the household of God. You are of the household of God. We belong to the family of God. In our family, there are some who are in heaven, there are some who are here on earth. And that's what is written in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14 and 15. Hmm? Look at it. Ephesians 3, 15 and 16. 15. Go to 14 and then to 15. 14 to 15. For this cause, I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Then he says, of whom the whole family in heaven and in earth is named. So it's a big family. There are some in heaven, there are some on earth. We belong to the household of faith. We have become loved children of a loved God. Say, God is my father. father. Say it again. God is my father. father. These are things that were difficult for Jews to have the Jewish mind to accept. But how can you say God is your father? Yeah. When Jesus said that God is my father, I am my father one. It was not a small thing. But he was telling the truth. But they, they couldn't see. They, they wanted to stone him. They wanted to kill him. And the day they had the opportunity, they killed him. They killed God. Because he was weak in the flesh. You may look weak, but actually God's life is in you. Say, I'm not ordinary. Say it again, I'm not ordinary. First John chapter 3. First John chapter 3. You may look ordinary. You look ordinary. Oh, yeah. You look ordinary, innit? Just like any other person. Sometimes you can even have running stomach. Run, run sto- Child of God, but you can have running stomach. Yeah. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, you see, we are called the sons of God. But then he says, therefore the world knoweth us not. The world does not know us. 
Why? Because it knew him not. It knew him not because when he was on earth, they didn't know him. I've showed you. They didn't know him. So they don't know us. When you say, I have the life of God in me, it doesn't look powerful. They don't know us because they knew him not. Jesus said that the world, the world will hate you because it hated me first. So that it might be, it might be for food which was written. They hated me for no cause. They hated Jesus for nothing. For no cause. Says you to the world who hate you. The world who persecute you. The world who give you trouble for no reason. Why? Because you are now a child of God. The world knoweth us not because it knew him not. Next verse. Beloved, now are we the sons of God and it does not yet appear what we shall be. It does not yet appear what we shall be. That you don't look it. I'm just trying to make that point. That you are actually a new creation. Something has actually happened to you. You are not ordinary. You are different. Even though you don't look it. And it does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear. There's a day coming when the Lord shall appear in the heavens. And when he shall appear, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. There's a day coming. When he will appear in the heavens, when he appears, then you will know that there's a difference. A man and his wife will be lying on the same bed. The wife is a child of God. The man is not. That day, there will be a difference. That is the day when the woman will have a transformation, a transfiguration, a phanerosis, change. And then some people shall live and some people shall be here. The magnet that Jesus will come with will attract some people. It will not attract some people. <laughs> Say, I'm a child of God. Child of God. Say it again, I'm a child of God. Do you believe it? Yeah. Say it more and more and more for yourself. The more you say it, the more it really becomes to you. The more it becomes real to you. Hallelujah. That's the first thing that happens to you. Now that you're born again, you must know that you are a child of God, of a truth. You are a child of God. You are a new creature. You bear the life and bear the nature of God. That's the first thing. You must know that you bear the life and you bear the nature of God. You have his life and you have his nature. You have his life and you have his nature. Dogs give birth to what? Dogs. A dog has the life of a dog because it was born by a dog. A dog has a nature of a dog because it was born by a dog. You also have the life of God and the, the nature of God because you are born by God. Let me show you. Go to 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 and verse 4. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, I'm a child of God. Child of God. I mean, just imagine if you were thinking like that every single day of your life. Your swag will be different. Yeah, you walk like this because you, you remember your home. You remember where you are coming from. You walk like this. Oh, Sunson. When you are coming to school, they tell you, Sunson, who do you fear that? Who do you fear? How do you say that in English? Sunson. Like, be careful. Manage yourself. Because you know your home. You know where you are coming from. See, I'm a child of God. I'm going to be bold. No fear. I can do all things. Through Christ. Which strengthens me. Yeah, chin up. Shoulders high. Walk. I mean, let your swag be there. Let your swag be there. You get it? Yeah. Let your confidence be there. 
I am bold. Yes, I'm Christian. So, they can't even talk. When you say they should come and do something in church, I'm shy. I'm shy. I'm shy. We have not been given the spirit of shyness, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. I'm sound. See, I'm sound. I'm sound. Yeah, I'm smart. See, I'm smart. See, I blow all my papers. Because I'm sound. I'm fully sound. I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. No, have you seen a rich man Sam before? Have you seen a rich man Sam before? Even if they arrest him and put him in police, he knew. He knows. He knows. That before the day ends, you'll be out. Even not even after one hour. He can fool and do whatever he wants to do. Because he knows he knows where he's coming from. Do you know where you are coming from? Say, my father is big. My father is big. Therefore, I'm big. Not literal, you understand? Not fat. I'm talking about big. Big. You can do big things. So I, I don't do small things. I do big things. I attempt great things for God. Yeah, because I know who I am. I know who my father is. I know who's backing me. I know whom from whom I, the one from whom I've come. Yeah. The world may not know it, but I know it. I know it. I know who I am. Yeah. I'm confident. My confidence, listen, my confidence is too much. Sometimes I have to calm down. Yeah. I'm cool. I'm a very cool, calm, collector person. Yeah. It's something I'll just be there. It'll work. Don't worry. Yeah. yeah. I'm a prince and I'm a king in the household of God. Yeah. No fear. I'm no longer a slave of fear. I'm a child of God. No fear. Say no fear. No fear. He says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear. No fear. fear. There are people who have fear of the future, fear of not marrying, fear of not giving birth, fear of, fear of having an accident, fear of not being rich, fear of all types of fears. Fear of heights, fear of uh, uh, malaria, fear of fear. All types of fear. The Bible says that God has not given us the spirit of fear. See, I don't have the spirit of fear. I'm a child of God. There's no fear in my spirit. Hallelujah. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3 and verse 4. Walk with this mindset. Do you know what I'm doing to you? I'm giving you a mindset. I'm giving you an understanding. I'm giving you an understanding. And that's what God seeks to do, to change your mind. Because your mind has to know what has happened to your spirit. If your mind, that's called spiritual training. I'll talk about that next week. Okay? Your mind must know what has happened to your spirit. Because if your mind does not know it, you can't live it out. You can't live it out. According as his divine power. This is what God's power did. God's power, God's divine power brought Jesus out from the dead. And the reason for bringing Jesus out from the dead was so that you can have his divine life and his divine nature. According as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and to virtue. 
whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these promises you might be partakers of the divine nature. We are partakers of the divine nature. The more you see the promises, the more you understand the word of God, the more you partake in that divine nature, the more that divine nature becomes real to you, the more you know that what makes God God is what has been given to you. Have you ever seen God failing before? So how can you fail? Christians fail because they don't know it. They don't know they are not supposed to fail. They fail because they don't know they are not supposed to fail. Have you seen God failing before? When was the last time you saw God failing? He has never failed. Have you seen God sad? God woke up, he said, today I'm sad. No son. No son. And then my bread. No son. The sun is not coming up. Je bread. Tu bread. El el brayon. Vous brayez. Il nothing like that. We bear his nature. Oh, hallelujah. And we have his life. We have his nature. We have his life. We have his life. First John. Let's go to first John chapter 5. I'll never fail in my life. From verse 11. First John chapter 5 from verse 11. Read it to me. One to go. Continue. Next verse. Verse 13. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God. That you may know Hallelujah. That is it. He's giving you his life. He's giving you his life. You have the life of God. The day you became born again, God's life supplanted the natural, normal life. Now, the life that you are living is actually not ordinary. The life that you are living now, okay, is the life of God. You may not know it, but you're actually living the life of God. We are not talking about another life. Normally, when we talk about the life of God, people are thinking about um, something. something. I don't know what you're thinking about. But the life that you have now, like your, your ability to breathe and walk and talk and all that, is not coming from the natural life that was there before you became born again. Now, your breathing is from the life of God that is in you. So it's not two lives that are existing in you. Like you have natural life. That's what's causing you to breathe and talk and all that. No. This life of God is what is inside you, causing you to move around. That is why a Christian can have an accident and come out without a scratch. Because of the operation of the life of God inside. Because the life of God does not have accidents. That's why a Christian can live for a very long time without any sickness. No sickness. Because of the life of God that is in him. If you are not aware, you have problems. But if you are aware, you will never have any problem. If you are aware that you have that life. He says, these things, go, go to verse 11. And this is the record. This is the record. That God has given to us eternal life. He has given it to us. He's not going to give it to us. He has given it to us. The day you became born again, he gave me that life. John 3.16. For God so loved the world. For some of you, when we say quote a scripture, quote five scriptures. You start, John 3.16a. For God so loved the world. B. 
that he gave his only begotten son. C, that whosoever believes in him. D, should not perish. But E, but have everlasting life. It's powerful. Five scriptures. God bless you. Clap for yourself. But this is a very, very powerful scripture. The result of believing in his son is that you will have something called life, eternal life. So eternal life is not something you get in the sweets by and by. Something you get in heaven. When you enter heaven and you get to like, hey, have eternal life. I don't know how you will feel when you get to heaven. Like, hey, have eternal life. The life is going. That's, that's, that's not it. It's more than that. The life of God is now in you. So as you are moving around like, like that, talking, thinking, is the life of God that is working in you. That is what... That is what Paul said in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Just as for me, I was crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ. It says, now that I'm living, it is not I who is living. It is Christ who is living. So as you are moving around like this, coming to church, going up and down, talking to your roommates, eating your gobe, eating your rice, it is actually the life of God that is working in you, causing you to do the things that you are doing. And not, it says... I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I. I'm living, but it is not I who is living. But Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. You understand that phrase? By the faith of the Son of God. The Son of God had enough faith that when he dies, you will be able to receive his life and you will have his nature. So he, he, your life is a trust of his faith. You understand? Jesus believed that when he dies, you receive his life. So you are a testimony of his faith. Don't disappoint him. Live his life. His life does not fail. It doesn't fail. Whatever I touch will work. Whatever I do will work. If I'm involved, it will work. Why? Because I am different. They may not see. The word of God was working in flesh. They didn't see it. They didn't know it. But he knew it. That was why he could multiply bread. That was why he could walk on water. He knew it. He knew it. That was, that was why he could make the blind eye see. That was why he could call people to come out of the, from the grave. The life of God does that. There are people who have lived the life and have had wild experiences, wild things happening around them. No sickness. John G. Lake of, of blessed memory. People were dying around him. The bubonic, popular bubonic plague, like Ebola. People were dying. He was touching the people with the people. Nothing happened to him. It wasn't because of his prayer topics. It was because of his knowledge, his, his consciousness, his, what he knew. I am, I, I am God walking the earth. How can God be sick of Ebola? See, I have the life of God working in me. So as you are eating, it's actually the life of God that is causing you to eat. It's not your blood. It's not your blood. Have you read in Deuteronomy chapter 13, I think? It says, the life of the flesh is in the blood. The life of the flesh is in the blood. So actually, normal, natural human life is controlled by the blood. The life of the flesh is in the blood. But when you become born again, the life of, of the flesh is now the life of God. Not the blood anymore. So sickness can... So maybe you have a blood disease. You are SS. Makes no difference. All you need is to have the life of God. Now that you have the life of God, you will live beyond 24. And you will live and not have any problems. Any crisis. That is the solution. 
What is the solution? Declaring it over and over and again. Listen, you know you are Ghanaian or Nigerian or Ivorian. I have, an, I have some Ivorians here. Ivorian or whatever it is, because you were told. Listen, you think that your mother is your mother because you were told that your mother is your mother. Haven't you seen people who have grown up and realized that their father is not their father? And their mother is actually not their mother. But they look like them. They look like them. Looks is nothing. DNA test is everything. <laughs> I was telling me about a certain man who was married to a certain woman. This is a true story. The man, the woman, the man and the woman were, they had three children, right? Three boys. None of the boys belonged to the man. All the boys. And they had, the man had looked up after them through university. They had become lawyers and things. But not even one was for the man. Later on, when they did the DNA test, they realized that it was not for the man. And the man got to know that these are not my children. The children got to know this, this is not our father. But the man knew. He th- he, because they looked like him. Only the woman knew. <laughs> Only the woman knew. Hey! The children got angry with their mother. And they said that this is still our father. And the father said, no problem, you are my children. I've had you as my children all these years. Let's move on in life. Good man, isn't it? Yeah, and they've, they've rejected the woman. Oh, yes, because she's not. How can you be that wicked? What type of wickedness? Three, pa, not even one. Three. Oh, oh, Charlie. Oh, Charlie. You intentionally did it. Intentionally did it. So, all the things that you know that you are, you were told. You were told. You were told. You were told that you are black. You were told that you are an ever. You had to learn the language. You were told. You were told that you are Ghanaian. There is no Ghanaian blood. All blood is blood. Yeah. John says that if you have believed the witness of men, if you have believed the things that men have said, First John chapter five. Look at it. Verse 9. If we have if received the witness of men, if you receive what men tell you, men have told you things. You've been told. Everything that you know, you were told. Everything. You believe that the guy loves you because of what he has told you. Because of the way he said that I love you. Baby. I love you. And you believed it. You are madly in love. Head over heels in love. Because of what you heard. Words. It will take words to believe what I'm telling you. So listen to this. It says, if we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. God's witness. What God says is greater than what men say. For this is the witness of God, which he has testified of a son. Next verse. He that believeth on the son of God has a witness in himself. He that believeth not that God has made him a liar because he believeth not that believeth not the record that God gave of his son. And this is the record that God gave of his son. That God has given to us eternal life. And this life is in his son. Whosoever has a son has a life. Do you have the son? Do you have the son? Then you have his life. Now that you are born again, you have the life of God on, in you. Rise up on your feet and just thank God for what he has shared with you.
Thank God for what they shared with you. Thank God for what they shared with you. Give him glory. Give him praise. God bless you for listening. Keep listening to the word as Christ is made the center of your world. For prayer and counseling, call 024-563-8314 or send an email to info at christworldinc.com. God bless you.